Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Brian Diaries European Extravaganza. This episode of the Brian Diaries will be creating a brand new character for Eclipse Face Second Edition. Tillman, our group's resident expert in Eclipse Face, is going to guide us through this. Tillman, if you will. I wouldn't exactly call me an expert, but I <laughs> did the character creation uh, for Eclipse Face Second Edition once before and they simplified it compared to the first edition, but I still think it's kind of uh, wonky. So I wanted to try it out with you and get your input. I mean, you've tried a bunch of games and you know the first game pretty well. So far, you just have... I mean, you're the closest thing to an expert we have. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've read the most pages, I guess. So. No, actually, I think that's Mitch. He has read like every book from first edition, but never really? played. Huh. I've read like three of the books three or four. Yeah. I mean, I, I really like it. You know, it's a really good setting, but I always just skimmed through the rules. I was always like, yeah, I'm never going to play this or something like that. <laughs> I don't think I've ever read through the combat rules. Uh, I, I can't get myself to. Yeah, I can't be bothered either. All the, like, the objects and items and factions and everything. Oh, yeah. So oh, cool. that's super cool. Like, the, the settings. Like, if, if I would read a novel or watch a... TV series in the setting, I'd be so happy. Anyway, on to our character. Who will we be creating today? Right, so as we've talked about beforehand, I plan to run eventually for the group the gate-crashing nano-op better on the inside. And I think that leaves you a lot of options. Really, the only restriction I'm giving you right now is create a gate-crasher. But it is a restriction nonetheless, and you know... Gatecrasher, that means we're going to probably want to be at least like explorers or something to that extent. So fortunately, the book has a handy character creation overview, which is a mere 13 steps long. It's great, isn't it? And so let's start with our background. Who do we want our character to be? Let's start with a name first, in fact. should probably start with that. Maybe I can quickly explain Gatecrashing. For anyone who doesn't know, Go ahead. Eclipse Face has these uh, things that are definitely not Stargates. In the law, they're uh, described as technology by the Titans, the super AI that almost wiped out humanity and made uh, Earth completely inhabitable. Um, this super uh, AI disappeared from the known solar system through these gates and hasn't come back yet. Now humanity or transhumanity is slowly starting to use the gates to expand into faraway places in the universe. Of course, they're very dangerous to use being Titan technology. They're kind of flaky. They don't like to work the way you want them to. So gate crashing is very dangerous. But if successful, uh, very highly rewarded and you instantly become a hero. All right. And a hero is what we want. So... Say our character is a male, though that will be subject to discussion. I mean, does that even matter in Eclipse Face? You know, you can switch between genders pretty easily. Or not even have a gender, it'd just be a robot. He likes so to dress male. That's yeah, fine. yeah, exactly. So 
Let's call him Spike, just because I feel like that's such a gate crasher name. Spike, uh, there's always has to be like a spike or something, you know, just uh, just uh, <laughs> I, I envision him not to be like physically strong, but more like always gets into tight spots, something like a roguish archetype. First step of character creation is that where you choose our background, which is our character's origin. So what would you say a roguish background would be? I'd say maybe underclass. It's definitely one you could pick. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, the backgrounds, by the way, they give you skills and they're then modified by your aptitudes, right? Uh, for right now, I... Oh, wait, you have the editable sheet. So yeah, they give you a base set of skills with points in them. However, you can rearrange them later. Okay. In okay. fact, we are almost 100% going to run into the problem that you have to rearrange them because you have too many points in them. <laughs> <laughs> So I think there's three backgrounds that I like that kind of would work. Underclass, indenture, and freelancer. What do you think? Okay, Who let's will Spike go be? over the upsides and downsides of each. A freelancer uh, has a very high rating in uh, knowledge skills, and especially like the suggestions here are accounting, data processing. He's very good in research as well. So I think the freelancers are very much focused on mental and even also social interaction. You have Persuade and Kinesics as well. Is that what you're looking for? I was getting the impression you're not really no, a not fighter, really, no. but still physical. Yeah, just a bit more physical. This is very research-focused, I've realized. Yeah, Indenture, so... though. Indenture is a bit more hardware-focused. I could see indenture, indenture happening because it has melee, freefall, hardware. So you can be like an industrial guy, you know, just a mechanic that gets into really tight spots and stuff. Interface, perceive, and, you know, knowledge about black markets and, like, terraforming or something like to that extent. Yeah, I would say having freefall fairly high is a good idea. Definitely. And underclasses, of course, if you want to go straight up, be a roguish, I don't know, mafioso or something. But I really like indenture. I think it would also work well as kind of a um, yeah, I mean, to a story background. Maybe you could define your character as someone who was fleeing Earth when the fall happened, then ended up in an indenture, gave up on it somehow. Because normally you would be bound by a contract, but right. somehow or you get out, and now you try the gate crashing thing. Or you know, a gate crashing could also be the way you fulfill your contract. Maybe you have like thirty or forty years left on your contract, and say every month gate crashing is like a year of indentured servitude. I guess so. Yeah, because it's more dangerous, right? So they just yeah, especially like the first missions. Like they don't yeah. really care to uh, send their their most skilled um, exactly. scientists. They just send someone. <laughs> yeah, which which would work, you know. We're we're sort of good at stuff, but also not really all that important. Okay, so let me click that background. I guess we have to choose specializations. Okay, never mind. Yep, for yeah. your knowledge skills, you. I think it forces you to choose yeah. uh, specializations. I think I'd choose industrial for him honestly or maybe maybe ground craft i don't know i could see all three of them being like someone they'd send out but let's just go with industrial saying that they want to like mine stuff 
there. And say no terraforming would be interesting because maybe they want to create uh, another habitat or like another earth to be like a initiative of, of that sort. I think so. Honestly, I'm not sure if I'm understanding habitat ops. Is that just... Uh... I, I think it's just habitat management. Yeah, I think so, right? It sounds like just operations, you know? Yeah. Just, uh, Probably that's just it. Stuff like that. And who do we know? Yeah, you have one uh, contact to like the shady uh, yeah. sides of things. Maybe it's... gambling. That's how we got indentured in the first place, right? We gambled our years away. That honestly sounds like something that happened in Eclipse Phase, indentured servants gambling for years, you know, like they did in Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> I mean, it totally happened. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, just playing poker and betting your time. So let's go with gambling. Or do you have another idea? It does kind of fit. I mean to the whole indenture thing, basically trading time to have a morph that, well, is probably not going to end up to your liking anyway. The bank always wins. Yeah, exactly. All right. So I guess Spike, the indentured servant or, well, industrial worker. Let's go to step two, which is career. What's our primary field of expertise? So we've already said we want to do something like be an industrial worker. Or something of that sort. You could have, if you want, a completely different background in your Earth days, maybe. <gasps> You're not one of the uh, first colonists. That is another background that you didn't go for. So I think there's an option that you had a completely different education and career on Earth. That was yeah. messed up. And then you ended up being this industrial worker in danger. That's completely possible, actually. You know, first thing you think, Gatecrasher, what are you going to pick? Explorer, right? You'll get everything you need there. But our guy isn't one of the professional explorer types, in my opinion. So he probably wouldn't go that route. He wouldn't really be a covered operative anyway. Maybe an enforcer, but we'll see. Let's go with a techie. Because we already wanted him to be like focused on the industrial side of things and uh, basically an engineer of sorts. Because I think the other ones, they're all very specific, the careers, aren't they? Yeah. They all come with a fair share of knowledge skills. For the sake of our listeners, I'll just list them as academic, covert operative, enforcer, explorer, face, gene hacker, hacker, investigator, medic, mind hacker scavenger scientist soldier and techie so yeah all very specific jobs and they all have like specific skills tied to them yeah many of them are basically right out the gate things like guns or melee you didn't really want to choose that i think medicine and all the medicine related stuff doesn't seem to fit really no not really so i think you have like techie one option maybe scavenger yeah, Scavenger could also work, actually. And he also gets lots of tech stuff. So that would definitely work. Uh, yeah, uh, I think Scavenger would work even better than Techie. So for hardware, we already chose Industrial and gives us another 60 points. So I think we could go with like Electronics instead, because otherwise we'd just have to shift the points around, wouldn't we? Yeah. Yeah. So this gives us Hardware, Electronics, Hardware Demolitions, Pilots... Uh 
Hardware demolition sounds excellent. <laughs> yeah, it sounds very useful in great crashing scenarios <laughs> or any other eclipse phase scenarios. <laughs> uh, pilot, I guess we choose space, right? It just makes sense to me. Maybe, maybe air, I guess. Because, well, I guess pilot space is you're probably going to go there with a group, so you don't need it. But pilot air could be useful and pirate ground could also be useful. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't really have much ironed out about where your character lives because i think the habitat that he frequents will basically define this piloting skill yeah i guess we could chalk it up to story basically you know just you know air would make sense in um like aerostats maybe ground on mars i guess Uh, nautical on europa Right? Maybe I'm, not, I'm drawing a blank right now. Yeah, Europa is like completely underwater. Okay. Yeah, and space, I think, is kind of rare, honestly. I think if you're in a scum swarm, maybe. But. Yeah, that's true. And no, flight crew ops, definitely not. Scavenging or smuggling? I'd say we're more scavengers than smugglers. Like, we made our debt gambling, but we don't actually smuggle stuff. Or maybe we could be smugglers and we could smuggle Titan tech from outside the Titan gate or try to find it. It's also a possibility. Maybe you're just really attracted to these Titan machines and that yeah, drew so we could... you to gate crashing. Yeah, I mean, it happens very often for some unknown reason. Yeah, so, so we could put actually no scavenging and then no Titan machines. I think scavenging also fits because Spike strikes me as the kind of guy who gets by somehow yeah exactly yeah that's just you're, you're never really sure how he does it he's always like perpetually broke but he always you know continues going on so okay then that's part two of 13 part three is interests what else do we do did we have a previous career a second career are we learning a new one Okay, so I'm just going to lift these off for listeners again. There's quite a lot. So it's Animal Handler, Artist slash Icon, Async, Commander, Fighter, Forensic Specialist, Jack of All Trades, Jammer, Networker, Paramedic, Pilot, Rogue, Slacker, Spacer, Student, Survivalist. I mean, they even have a rogue as an archetype, which, but I think Spike is turning into something else. I think Spike would be a slacker. What do you think? Yeah, by the name, I was going to say maybe survivalist, but the list of skills doesn't really fit what what we have decided upon now. Spacer would be much of the same. I don't think that would be a good choice as an interest because it's too narrow. I think you're uh, lacking some social skills right now, aren't you? Yeah, which slacker actually does give you. Yes. It gives you interface, persuade, and research, which yeah. I guess persuade is the only social one. Interface is the one to where you search things on the extranet, right? I think interface is just using oh, it's, electronic equipment. Right, right, right. That's true. And, and I mean, using it like program and uh, infosec would be used to like design yeah, programs or override security. There's a lot of a lot of skills here, honestly. A lot of things that are very similar to each other. And yeah. Rogue, on the other hand, doesn't have persuade, it has deceive. 
which is yeah. similar in many ways, but you know, it's a very different outlook. So yeah, it says a lot about the morals of your character. Yeah, so I guess do we want Spike to be more darker and more lying, or do we want him to be more lighthearted but still kind of scummy? <sighs> this is hard. No one told me I had to make hard decisions in character creation. <laughs> Would you say um, that the gambling thing is more like a let's go party? Uh, it's like a very bad attitude. decision making. Like, okay. you know, some people, they just have terrible decision making. And like, even they know they have massive problems with something, but they just don't acknowledge it and just continue doing the thing they have problems with. I think he'd be like that. In that case, honestly, I think Slacker pre fits pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go with Slacker. What's this? Interests? Slacker boy. Spike, you rascal, you. Faction. Okay, so now that we have a rough orientation of our character's background and skill sets, it's time to pick a faction to which they hold allegiance. It also gives us no faction 30 for each one we pick. And we can determine it later after we determine other stuff or we might go factionless okay so the factions are anarchists argonauts brazumians brinkers criminals extropians hypercorp jovian lunar slash orbital mercurial reclaimer scum socialite titanian minusian or regional and i think I know at this point we're losing probably like half of the listeners because they don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Like so uh, just uh, probably just it's best if you decide on a couple that are interesting to you and then we can Yeah. Uh, I mean one part would be hypercorp. It's it's sort of yeah, this is my work, but allegiance our real question is would spike have the guts to fight against the system i don't think he would he's a slacker he just gets by i think hypercorp is probably definitely in the top list and yeah because he's just pro consortium just because you know yeah yeah he's, he's pretty pro status quo i guess in that he's probably yeah i think hypercorp you know working for one of the big hyper capitalist companies who basically own him for 40 years or so also he's kind of a scumbag so is he afraid of reputation networks exactly yeah <laughs> yeah i mean that's true i mean he's, a, he's just sort of a piece of yeah he's not as bad as he could be you know he's he, he we didn't pick rogue but he's still in depth and he does like it I'd say hypercorp or nothing. All right, part five, aptitudes. Now we pick one of the templates to determine our six starting aptitudes. Okay, so these can be shifted around, but no aptitude may be lower than five or higher than 30. So this is basically just created so we have I it think, easier. Uh, I think in, in the first edition of Eclipse Phase, it was highly suggested to have them in increments of five. And I think in second edition, it's now enforced. Oh, yeah. You can lower your will by five to raise your cognition by five. Okay. Okay. I mean, if they made it in increments of five, they could have just made the system D20. But uh, well, why am I talking? If you want. You can... Right. Because if you divide everything by five, you just get the D20 result. <laughs> <laughs> 
but we've rolled you 100 in this game <laughs> yes but if you divided everything by five you could roll d20s and get the same result you can clearly see the influence yeah anyway um we can take a look over your skills so far let's actually do that all right so we have 40 in freefall 80 in interface 20 in perceive 30 in persuade 30 in research 20 in melee, 50 in hardware industrial, and 60 in hardware electronics, 60 in no terraforming, 30 in gambling, hardware demolitions 40, pilot something 30, and no scavenging 60, and no titans 30. We can choose anything that we know, get 40, and we have no hypercorp 30. So I feel like there's a bit of athletics or something missing. Anyways, or I guess poor Spike doesn't get out much. He always has to work. Yeah, that would be uh, somatics and reflexes, I guess. Yeah. <sighs> Let me see. Faction aptitudes. Right, cognition is the intelligence and intuition is the instinct. Right, so Eclipse Face has six stats. Cognition, intuition, reflexes, savvy, somatics, and willpower. Cognitions are intelligence, intuitions like cunning. So I guess it's wits from World of Darkness. Yeah, it's reflexes is honestly dex. very self-explanatory. Yeah, it's dex. Unfortunately, savvy is kind of the same. It would also well, fall under wits, I think. Well, savvy is more like presence, I think. Presence and charisma. Yeah, okay, if you're, because if you're talking. Uh, yeah, and empathy. It's like your social awareness, adaptability, empathy, and ability to influence others. Uh, somatics is like physical strength, stamina, stuff like that. And willpower is self-explanatory. So one thing I want him to have is low willpower. <laughs> straight up. Straight <laughs> up. <laughs> straight up. This dude just does not have the willpower. Easily tempted. Easily tempted. Easily shook. Yeah, we could go 10 or maybe even 5. Oh, boy. <laughs> Instant trauma. <laughs> uh, okay, so maybe 10. Yeah. And because if you have having... power 5, you honestly don't get through the fall. I don't think you would. Yeah, and also just because <laughs> willpower just is so important in this game. <laughs> It is very important. Three times <clears throat> will is like a role you have to do at least once per session, I think. Somatics mid-level. Honestly, I take extrovert, but I take away from some from savvy and give some to cognition. Because we're not stupid. We're just not very wise. Yeah, you're a quick thinker with high intuition. I think that fits to... The things that you do for work. Yeah, I'll just pop five away from savvy and put it into cognition. Yeah, yeah, uh, impulsive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're using an online character sheet created by a person called Oroka, and it's like an online character sheet, so you can just click stuff from the character generation, and it literally just puts it into the sheet. So it's pretty great, but the game is pretty new, so it's not like completely perfect yet. I still highly recommend it. I tried uh, the whole character creation thing on paper, 
And the the sheet that they give you in the book is honestly not meant to be filled in step by step. You have to create your character taking notes uh, on the side, and then when you're done, you can transcribe yeah. it onto like, a sheet. I mean, especially even first edition, which was even worse, or well, more exhausting when it came to character creation. You basically had to have an electronic sheet, or you just took out a notepad and started making notes. It's very, very in depth, very long. Total skills, sixth step out of 13. The sheet on this website will take care of most of this step for you, but you could be using them, blah, blah, blah. Combine all of the skills, write them on your character sheet, and add the base values to the linked skills. Oh yeah, that's if you're using your own sheet. Okay, so no skill should show more than 80 in the total column right now so let's check that and see if we actually oh our interfacing is 95 yay <laughs> i told you it so, will happen so already we have at least one skill this is the point where you will get really annoyed when you are trying to fill it in on a paper sheet and it's especially um, problematic which tillman actually told me and which i tried to avoid in this character christian is you if you create a very focused character I in my first try I created a social media icon who was very very focused on um like accounting and all the social skills and pretty much nothing else and he was so overpowered in like these five skills and that I completely had to re redesign him in the step 6 and it is not very fun and one thing that I hope the online sheet does automatically is for the skills fray and perceive your aptitude counts twice only for these two though but they're so essential that you know you get a bonus right so yeah how do we fix this then do we just take the points to give them somewhere else yeah essentially <laughs> you subtract points manually and then All keep right. them in a pool and uh, spend them somewhere All right but okay, so we'll use those points to somehow flesh them out. And I think, I mean, we have 15 points, right? That we can throw somewhere where we feel like we need to be more developed. So let's throw that into persuasion. I think we'll, with our savvy score, we'll have a 60 in persuasion. So we have 45 from the skill, 15 from our aptitude, which will in turn mean that we sometimes talk our way out of bad situations, not just very rarely. And yeah, it does actually count perceived twice. I see now that we have 60 in it, even though we have 20 skill and 20 int tuition. Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, so, I think uh, that's a good solution because otherwise you don't really consider perceived to be something you need to spend a lot of points on. You don't want to base your character around being very perceptive. It's kind of a weird thing to think about. So I think it makes sense that you just generally have a high base stat in there. Step seven, languages. Okay, this one's pretty easy. It's like if your combined cognition plus intu intuition is 35 plus, you choose one additional language. And if your combined cognition plus intuition is 45 plus, you choose two additional languages. Common languages are Arabic, Cantonese, English, French, Hindi, Japanese, Mandarin, Portuguese, Russian, Scandinavian, and Spanish. Okay. So let's see how much cognition plus int we have. Where are our aptitudes? Cognition I love 15 how to no, 35. Uh, nowhere in Eclipse Faces 
uh, anything mentioned about things like Esperanto, like that tries to unify oh, the yeah. language. Yeah. <laughs> not even in the future it will work out. <laughs> Just sad, but also not surprising. I mean, though, in Eclipse phase, I guess they could talk beep boop and robot, right? <laughs> Need it because they have software to translate it. Yeah, that's true. In a way, they are languages. So I guess we get an extra language. So let's pick the first one to be English for simplicity's sake. And the second one, I guess the second one could be English, and the first could be our pre-fall language. Who would Spike be from? English and English uh, parentheses Australian. <laughs> that's harsh, mate. <laughs> Still though, you get like like. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven languages to choose from. That's not a lot. I know that uh, in my in our one of our one shots, my character spoke Aztec. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Because honestly, I think you can choose just about anything. Yeah, if uh, you wanted to. I'm still failing to I mean, see how this. He likes gambling. Yeah, he likes gambling, right? And, and gambling is very popular in like Asian places. So maybe he picked some Cantonese or Mandarin or Japanese. Yeah, honestly, that, that's a good choice. Yeah, let's go with let's say Mandarin. Also, maybe you walked around on Mars for a while, and that has a yeah. strong. Chinese maybe that's language. that's where he got his debts, because you know, so the triads and stuff like that and maybe they worked together with the hypercorps and they basically sold his debt to the hypercorps they for sure work together with the hypercorps that's kind of the problem <laughs> <laughs> flex okay every ego starts with one permanent flex point pool all oh, right that's the wild card pool i forgot yeah so Teltman, would you care to explain pools <laughs> right so in the first edition you had one pool only that was moxie it was in many ways similar to willpower and word of darkness games so you could use it to reduce the grade of failure like if you fail critically you could reduce that to a normal fail you could turn a uh, success into an excellent success and you can flip a dice roll with which makes sense in eclipse phase basically re you exchange the digits of your roll and therefore you could make turn a failure into a success maybe uh, but now there's four pools the reason why there's four is because it basically simplifies changing morphs in first edition that was unfortunately very difficult to do or cumbersome at least because you need to recalculate pretty much everything on your sheet on your sheet um, now you have these four pools that are very much linked to your morph so you have insight which is a mental pool moxie which is now a social pool vigor which is a physical one and you can uh, spend those points and regain them through uh, rest or success in your personal goals. Flex, you described it as the wildcard pool, is probably the most interesting and powerful one. You have options to introduce a new NPC, or you can summon one that is already a part of the story and have them appear in a scene. You can introduce an item, define an environment or relationship. Basically, it gives you influence on the story, much like genre points in Slasher Flick, maybe. Hopefully not as broken, though. Yeah, it's really interesting that 
trying to introduce that collaborative storytelling element to the game, which I think is interesting, but could be problematic in certain games. Yeah, I mean, I think in pretty much all of them, it ends in the GM determines if uh, whatever is fitting to the scene. So it's all at the GM's discretion. In I the mean, end, but it could cause yeah. problems at the table. Yeah, and anything else would just be mentally straining on the poor, poor game master. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we put the, that thing into our flex pool. Honestly, don't know why that's even a step. Yeah, I don't get it either. They just did it, so you don't forget. But they just wanted to have 13 steps. Else. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, reputation. So we have 100 points to divide between reputation networks. There are seven networks to choose from, and basically you choose... Uh, like triads, criminals, gate crashers, network affiliates used by scientists, anarchists, and stuff like that. So basically, networks where you get a reputation for stuff. And <laughs> I guess the reputation is more important if you're an anarchist or if your economy is like the, what's it called? The new economy? Uh, yeah, I think it's the new economy. Basically, if you don't believe in money, yeah, you just always like barter with reputation. So if you like interacting with someone, you get their reputation, they give reputation to you, and it's a giant circle jerk. And it even says that uh, if you have like a nice interaction, you just automatically activate your like muse, which is like the AI you have with you, to just automatically give them a reputation, which, you know, uh, it's interesting to explore. I don't think it w would work, but... Yeah, it has the tip, uh, I mean, it would have the typical social media problems that you know, popular people end up being the rich people. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It kind of doesn't solve capitalism. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's basically like trying to brand yourself to be more popular. Yeah, I think in the lore, they fix it with the fact that everything is recorded online. Like, it's so easy to lose reputation as well because, well, there's no privacy, like, at all. You can't hide. Yeah. So, without further ado, Spike's reputation. I don't know. Spike's a slacker. He wouldn't have a very good reputation with CivicNet, which is used by the Planetary Consortium, which is hypercorps and capitalists and such. I think he'd have, I mean, he still works for them, so I'd put 25 there. Yeah, I wouldn't go without it, but it's fair that you're not in the like upper half. Definitely not. Uh, let's see. Okay, C-Rep. Oh, okay. So that still gives us 75 to play with. Hey, maybe we uh, we're actually really good great crashers and actually do help people there, and we actually found our calling there. So maybe XREP, which is the social network for gate crashers and explorers and colonists, we could have 50. Yeah, why not? Maybe uh, your character Spike is known as someone who uh, can like get out of dangerous situations. Yeah, yeah, it could well, be even a way he could join the group, you know? It's like, oh yeah, we have this veteran here who's sort of already in the sort of gate crash area and he'll just hook you up with something. <laughs> and he will explode a thing if need be. Yeah, I think G-Rep, which is the network for criminal groups, I think putting the last 25 there would work. I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's definitely also one of the 
networks you kind of want to be in from a player perspective. Definitely. I'm not sure you're, you're probably not a firewall member at this point. Or... No, probably not. And research, he definitely doesn't do any research. He's not an yeah. anarchist. Media, I don't think he's that good. He's not really famous. Maybe it will help me eventually if you get some really cool XP from exoplanet explorations. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. Oh, that would be an interesting concept as well, like a gatecrasher social media star. Yeah, there are many. It's a thing in the lore. Like People yeah. love this stuff. I just imagine uh, this guy, you know, who just videos how he does everything, how hard everything is, and then behind him is like a team of 400 people with like cameras and shit <laughs> who basically do everything. <laughs> Have you listened to the Slasherflake game yet? A long way down? Not yet. Not yet. Maybe listen Crack. to it tomorrow. Crack had an excellent character. Daniel D. Danger, who's <laughs> basically Bear Grylls. And <laughs> oh, gosh. It was awesome. It's so worth it. Everyone should listen to it. All right. Step 10, customization. So we received 20 customization points and made them spend them on basically everything and anything and everything. And okay. <sighs> you could buy hard. extra languages, but you also could buy Psy or increase your aptitudes or increase your... No, I'm going to spend everything on languages. <laughs> it's like uh, Spike is suddenly going to be an encyclopedia. Yeah, 21 languages, easy game. Ah, specializations. That could be interesting because it lets us override the skill maximum of 80. That's true. It's something I think I didn't even try out when I made my first character yeah, here. They cost just one CP. Can you have more than one specialization, do you know? In one, like, same skill? It doesn't say here. Yeah, I know it doesn't say here, that's why. Honestly, I think, why shouldn't you have multiple? If you want to, you can have... <laughs> I just you see know, it for a, a gun skill, for example, it would absolutely make sense that you're trained in, like, two different kinds of weapon systems. Oh, yeah, systems. for real. That's true. So why not? Specific specialist, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I think we can still increase her aptitudes, which let me check those. Now I kind of like the way they're distributed. I guess you can go over 20, can you, with aptitudes? Yes, I think you can go up to 30, in fact. All right, that actually is... Because good. I min-maxed my character completely. <laughs> I also put all my customization points into flex, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not surprised, but I think I'd increase cognition by five, so we're at 20. Let me just recheck my skills so I don't have to redo something else, because holy shit, it's starting, yeah. 80, yada, 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 uh, close, close, but we still don't have anything else over 80, which is good. <laughs> Ego traits. Oh, right, those are like merits and flaws. Yes. And I think you can get more CP if you buy negative traits or if you yeah. take negative traits. Okay. What? I think we should definitely pick some, but or at least one or two. What would he be good at? Spike, spike, spike. We could give him striking looks. <laughs> you know, make Spike a dashing rogue who sort of gets into trouble and 
then tries to solve it, which would explain why he's so well liked in basically gate crashing communities. Striking looks wait, ah oh, wait, that's a morph trait. That's not an ego trait. I'm an idiot. Never uh, yeah, mind. Uh, I just wanted to mention so ego traits give you or cost CP, depending yeah. on whether they are negative or positive. And there's also morph traits, and you can get more morph points by taking negative traits. So. We could take resolve. We don't want him to go insane too fast. So we just take resolve three, which gives us plus five per level to willpower checks. So plus 15, in fact. Yeah. So give us plus 15, which when you think about it, 10 times 3 is 30, plus 15, 45. He's still likely to get some psychological damage, but he's a lot more hardy. Yeah. And For a while, he can take a few hits, but yeah. at one point, there will be, he will be in the corner and find a way out of there. So Cog, that gives us... So we still have 12 left. And honestly, these traits seem very cheap to me. Maybe it's just me. Like they yeah, give you honestly. 20 points. Yeah. And I just don't know where to spend them, honestly. <laughs> uh, maybe some skills. Yeah. One CP is five skill points. So are there any skills we want to add? Maybe we want a bit of deceive, at least a little bit. Like, let's say 20 deceive. Yeah, which costs us 4 CP. So right now we're at 12 used. We still have 8. So what would a great gate crasher actually learn after he's started crashing gates? Maybe a bit of athletics, you know, running away from danger. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see him do that. Why don't we just give 25 there? And that means... 5, 9, 12, 17. We have three points left. Or 15 points in skills. Oh, we didn't add anything to flex. Oops. Two CP per one flex. So let's add one flex, which leaves us with one point. Where do we put our little five points? Oh, fuck. We actually went over on interface. So oh. I'll just have 10 points to put somewhere. I'll, I'll <laughs> shove it into deceive. All right, then. Spiky, it seems like you're almost, almost finished. Derived stats. Okay, so basically derived stats are stuff like initiative, where it it's basically intuition plus reflexes, right? Oh, shit, what reflexes plus intuition divided by five. And each, yeah, aptitude checks, which is the aptitude times three. Lucidity, which is willpower times two. Trauma threshold, which is lucidity from the willpower divided by five. And insanity rating, very important in eclipse phase, is lucidity times two. And infection rating, which is for asyncs who slowly get more and more infected, apparently, or something. And no, you're just uh, susceptible to it. Oh, okay. And it gets worse if your async level is higher. Morphin gear. This is step 12, by the way. We've almost made it through our dear listeners. <laughs> so the suggested default value is that you gain six morph points. And morphs cost a couple points, and then you can use those po extra points you have left over to buy extra traits. Extra points that you don't spend are converted to flex points at 
two morph points is one flex point. And they're temporary and they reset each time you re-sleeve into a new morph. Morph is like your body in Eclipse Face, if you guys don't know. So because your mind and body are basically divided and you can install yourself as software into the living brain or the machine brain. Yeah, I guess machine processor, hardware, whatever. And, you know, they all have their own advantages and disadvantages. Honestly, all of them have disadvantages. And then there's the Reaper morph. Yeah, there's the Reaper. <laughs> but the Reaper costs 12 points. So you can't, like, have him in character creation, usually. So I, it's I a don't challenge. Yeah, I don't think Spike would have a very good morph, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I uh, think with what we have decided upon right now, I would look at the basic uh, biomorphs. Yeah. The automorphs. <laughs> it, it's it. So far, we haven't talked about it, but if you really wanted to, you could look at the uplifts, maybe. <laughs> It'd be yeah. funny. It's like, oh yeah. By the way, Spike's a crow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> by the way, Spike's a octopus. <laughs> yeah, synthmorphs, of course. If he's completely uh, owned by a hypercorp, he's probably in a synthmorph of some kind. Yeah, he's I think a pod or yeah, pod or synthmorph. It's yeah. definitely like both of those are socially seen as inferior. Look yeah, it depends on. on where you are. I mean, there's the. I mean, usually. There's the synth morph movement on Luna, but you know, that's just rich folks. With yeah. And especially folks. on like Mars, uh, because oh, yeah. Mars has the shitty synth morphs. A lot of people there basically have the worst possible morph given to them. So, yeah, it's just how it is. Worker pod sounds sounds like Spike, but let's see if we can have something else here. Pleasure pod is definitely not Spike's thing. <laughs> Second hand, it was cheaper. Yeah, it's basically, a, I don't know, a sex morph. Yeah. Yeah, it has really unusual things installed like pheromones and... Sex switch. Yeah, and scent alteration and all these yeah. things. It it can be very interesting to play out, but it's also kind of yeah. I mean, it's also useful to like blend into criminal places and stuff. Oh yeah. So Nova Crab, just go for a Nova Crab. It's literally just a bioengineered from a coconut crab and a spider, grown to a human size. Ideal for hazardous work environments such as vac workers, police, or bodyguards. I mean, Shaper is obviously like the superior choice here, but I'm not sure if the no, character. Not really. Those no. are really powerful. Really rare, illegal in many habitats, and I don't think Spike would really need a bonuses to infiltration in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a terrible idea to, let's say, recruit him into Firewall, which of course they probably would or something. <laughs> Anyway, synth morphs. A case, yeah, cases are the mass-produced robot, robotic shells. They're literally completely they break all the time. Yeah, they're they break all the time, and they're just very very low quality. The advantage of synth morphs is that they have additional armor, and they don't feel pain. The disadvantage is that they have a cyber brain, which can be hacked from yeah uh, the outside. They have protection from asyncs, though, don't they? 
Uh, yes, but they also can't be asyncs. Yeah. I think. I'd have to check on that. Yeah. So maybe. I could see him being in a synth, honestly. Maybe. It seems like something that would be quite common. It's not yeah. exactly a worker part. It's it's completely synthetic, but you know, it still fulfills many of the same roles. Yeah. I think. Yeah, it's labor-intensive tasks and environments not suited for biomorphs. If he's one of the first gate crashers, that might just be what they chose for him. I mean, very often you would enter a an environment that isn't rich in oxygen. Yeah. Maybe it's actually rich in like caustic uh, gases or something like that. So yeah. that's usually a safe bet, going with like a general run-of-the-mill mm. uh, synth morph. Yeah. But this actually costs us three morph points. I'm just going to go ahead and resleeve. And let me just see here. Making characters. Starting morph. Okay, so morphs give us several stats. Tillman, could you maybe elaborate on them? So the uh, first couple of things is your wound threshold, your durability, and your death rating. Wound threshold is, I think, a lot like armor, but it doesn't deteriorate. So you don't take damage if the damage is not at least of the wound threshold. Your durability is a lot like, well, yeah, health points, I guess. And your death rating is twice the durability, at which point, if you reach it, the morph is considered completely destroyed and cannot be repaired. If you... Uh, exceed your durability, I think you are so damaged that you basically can't function but could be repaired, which of course mostly applies or easily applies to synth morphs, but many biomorphs can also be regrown if you have the uh, the proper medical equipment. Um, there's movement rates. I think those are mostly used for combat. Your morph design is also a walker, meaning you have uh, two legs in your case. There could be more, of course. This is important to know in many habitats. Maybe they're not suitable for walking around. You'd have a problem then. And then there's your where you have access jacks. You could run a wire from your body to some sort of computer equipment. You have a cortical stack, meaning your ego is stored in a safe location in your body. Cyberbrain, obviously. LiDAR have to look that up. I don't know off the top of my head. Mesh inserts mm. is normal. Um, mnemonics and puppet sock I'd also have to look up again. You have a morph trait, exotic morphology. I think that's negative. I think it is, and it makes it harder to repair or something, right? Um, no, I think it or... makes it harder to blend in and people will react oh, uh, negatively. Okay. I think it's social. Okay, okay. And you have a basic armor rating here. Be yeah, be, yeah, all synth morphs, I think, or most. Get that. Morphing gear. Let me try to look up those uh, wares that I can't Yeah, and I really like this because like, I could see Spike getting accustomed to synthetic morphs, and if he's ever like gets some money or becomes more influential, uh, then he could try to switch to some of the high-end synthetic morphs, which are 
well, they're more expensive and they're all very fancy. And uh, they're basically trying to gain acceptance or their way to gain acceptance uh, for synth morphs in greater transhuman society. Because most people really don't want, or they're seen as low class and ugly and a bit unnatural as well. Which is pretty funny considering Eclipse Face is basically killing yourself over and over and shifting your brain, basically your brain's copy around. But yeah. In many habitats, and I think even in the media, especially like in the consortium, um, a biomorph is still the ideal. Mm, yeah. And I mean, with the indenture, that, that's the promise you uh, get from the hypercorps. You work for us for like a couple of decades. Yeah. And then we will uh, buy you this biomorph and you're free to go and live your life. Obviously, it kind of doesn't work out. Uh, but there's definitely a pull in, in society to like get the biomorphs, which are really expensive, at least in the lore. I mean, they in character are. creation, they are kind of not. Yeah, because they don't really get all that many much stuff. The high-end ones do, but the low-end ones don't. Yeah. I looked up your where, so your LiDAR is like a laser site. You oh. can uh, scan uh, your surroundings and determine distance. Your mnemonics is enhancement of your cyber brain, which mm -hmm. gives you plus 20 to uh, memory recall checks. All right. And puppet sock is also interesting. That means you can remote control your, uh, your morph if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. Or actually, you can't. You are along for the ride, but someone else could remote control. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Oh, so they don't have the gear yet here. So we'll just choose a pack. Because with w this cost us three morph points, and we have three left. So we can spend... I'll spend two morph points to get an extra point of flex, just because I want to annoy the GM. And uh, that means you have one... Uh, morph point left, which we can spend on gear. And minor complexity costs one morph point, moderate two, and major three. Um, basically, which would allow us to gain whatever we need for our character. And we also choose a sort of gear pack. And since it's a gate crashing campaign, I think I would pick that one. The thing is, I think you get two gear packs uh, really? by default you also get a free muse oh now gear packs may feature default and synth morph use whichever is appropriate to your morph yeah i'm currently on page 68 with all the gear packs all right. um, and it says every character receives two two gear packs during character creation all right uh, the first is according to your type of campaign since we're playing gate crashing i would say you get gate crashing automatically all right the second is based on your profession chosen in step two. Your profession was, uh, let me look over it again. It was scavenger. Scavenger, yeah. Oh, that's really good, actually. So you get the scavenger pack. Oh, nice. Yeah. Guardian Swarm. Pretty awesome. Yeah, it's actually really good. And you said you can buy extra gear with morph points was that yeah it? you can you can spend one morph point for minor gear two for moderate and three for major complexity gear so basically i have one point left so it's like one minor gear 
Oh uh, yeah, it's one item, not one pack. I think. Yeah, it's 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 an item. I mean, there's a lot of gear here, so <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really want to go through it. But it definitely lets you pick whatever you need for the mission you need. So there's basically anything you want to do better, you can find some gear for it. Uh, for example, it's funny stuff I got from the gate crashing campaign stuff is synth morphs get anti-glare industrial armor and medicines, which I assume are machines that uh, sort of heal our suit, repair it rather. And uh, biomorphs and pots, they get auto cook, healing spray, and a standard vac suit. So it also distinguishes between like if you're a synth morph or not, which is really nice. Because there's no use giving armor to, like, a synth morph. Dude, you get Technet, which is, like, <laughs> so broken. Really? Yeah, it is. I think only one character in the group uh, actually needs it. But you can hook up everyone around you. And um, you basically get a full connection of all your thoughts. So you can communicate um, without talking. You can send each other, like, instant recordings of what you see and witness you know what's really funny what is every single campaign gets tacked really yeah firewall gate crashing and info uh, morph all three uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> i mean it makes a lot of things very simple because basically you're never out of scene which yeah. is also kind of the problem i mean it probably has like a range especially uh, yeah if you enter a building that has like um, mesh filters, obviously it kind of falls apart. But if everyone is in there, like why not? All right. So we have our gear. We have our electronic rope, medium pistol, portable soul archive, our TACnet, our anti-glare, our industrial armor and our medicines and some other scavenger stuff like diamond axes and guardian swarms, which is like a nano swarm that protects us, I think. Now it's our motivation. We choose three motivations, which are personal aspirations that our character pursues. Most of these are long-term. Okay, yada, yada, yada. So same as first year, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so... Weirdly enough, wasn't this the first step in first edition character creation? I think choose so. Choose your motivations. <laughs> and here it's the last. Okay, so first motivation is based on our faction choice, in as in fact plus faction interest, as in... Hypercorp interests, which I guess is fair. We want to be seen as useful. Yeah, you're playing their game, you know? You're yeah. working with them in their exploration. It doesn't matter whether it's interesting to you. You're yeah. trying to get a better position in that society. I think the second motivation would be getting out of debt. Either, you know, just paying them off, which I'm sure you can do, or just... Spike is sure he can do that, yes. Yeah, he's he's great at it. I mean, he'll just gamble more. And I mean, uh, he can't die. He's bound to win eventually. Right, right? <laughs> the odds are stacked in his favor. And then I choose a negative motivation, like something he doesn't want to happen. Mm -hmm. Man, this one's harder. Because I'm not sure where... He's in a synth morph, right? So his dark past sh shall not catch up to no, him. His dark past, <laughs> dark and mysterious past. Yeah, make this a noir type game, and he yeah. gets a trench. So, what sort of thing does he oppose? I guess since he's such a corporate stooge, but he's he's there with the criminals. I think he'd oppose anarchists. Then, like, he does not want to see 
new anarchist habitats created on wherever I mean, they did crash. Would he be? What about Extropia, though? Yeah, technically, that's kind of an anarchist habitat. Yeah, it's true. Um, do you think? But, maybe but we can we can uh, always flesh it out. Yeah, yeah, anti-socialism. But that's <laughs> actually. I mean, you know, uh, those fucking socialists. I mean, there's a lot of negative propaganda about them. Yeah, that's true. The hypercourts probably like, yeah. brainwashed them or something. Yeah, Titan sucks. Titan <laughs> sucks. Don't buy their products. Fucking shitty, shitty washing machines. <laughs> I don't think you can buy their products. No, uh, no. Well, I mean, they do have corporations. Like they just have. Yeah, true. They have the uh, what's they, like, they called microcorps or mini yeah, microcorps. Yeah, I think. Mm. But they're all state-owned. Yeah, which, by the way, why aren't they work- worker-owned? That just I, I don't understand that. Like, <laughs> I, I it, it, it don't get into it. I don't think it makes much sense. Yeah, let's let's not. Honestly, Titan is somewhat democratic. Actually, Titan, Titan's a bit weird. But, you know, it's Eclipse Face. Everything's weird. And it's supposed to be that way. And it's good that way. <laughs> yeah, right. Although sometimes, you know, you might have to make judgment calls of what is and isn't canon and what you believe to be true and not. Anyway, so that's how we created Spike, our scummy scavenger gatecrasher slash corporate stooge that hopes he can sort of gamble his debt to the corporation back and live a normal life which for him is living day to day on shitty wages but he's a synth morph well not yeah so you know at least he doesn't have to eat does he actually own his morph though probably not yeah that's true i mean i I feel like there be maybe might be some terms in the contract that if he's gate crashing then they might allow him to actually like give him ownership of the morph or i don't know uh, maybe if if he finds something yeah, I think in the in the side text uh, it's of the books it's described that even the hypercorps have caught on that it's probably a bad idea to like resleeve their workers every other day because it stresses yeah. them out. Yeah, so because now the status quo is just give them their worker morph and leave them in there for like months or years. Yeah. It could be they just misfiled it and forgot to resleeve him. <laughs> they just kept it. it. It seems like a spike thing to do. Maybe he even helped it with a bribe. Negative trait that we don't know about. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, that'd be great. So yeah, thanks for listening. And we hope you go and buy the PDF and play a cliff's face. It's pretty awesome. Oh, hello again, folks. I'd like to tell you about the Facebook group we run called White Wolf and Onyx Path RPGs Gameplay and Media. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One that won't be drowned out by random posts and discussions so that your media could give the attention you deserve. The group is specifically run with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. The group is already immense 
and continuing to rapidly grow, with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.